This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I'm interviewing a friend of mine called Vivian from Winnipeg in Canada. And I'm really excited to have a chat with her because she is a fellow coach and healer. We connected through Instagram, and we're just going to be chatting about all things coaching-related, personal growth and development, and just lots of fun spiritual stuff. So I'm really excited to have you on here, Vivian. If you could take a moment to introduce yourself and share a couple things about yourself and then we're just going to dive into a conversation. Yay! Thank you so much for having me, Kayla. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm so excited to dive into all things coaching and spiritual and woo-woo and sciency and everything all mixed up together. So my name is Vivian. I am a Canadian. I'm 30. I'm an Aquarius. I'm a manifesting generator. If all those labels help you (laughs) figure out a little bit about who I am. That being said, they're just labels and there's so much more. What got you into, let's dive into it. What got you into coaching and discovering about human design, but we'll start with the coaching and then we're obviously going to chat about human design as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've always been really interested in the spiritual and woo-woo stuff. I've always been really interested in um, my own personal development and just diving into all things Um, like self-awareness which is funny because I never took like psychology or philosophy or anything in university everyone took psych 101 because they were like oh it's it's the easy a and it scared the shit out of me because I was like I don't want to know how people's brains works it's scary like our brains are really weird and they do really weird things and I mean that was like 10 years ago and now I'm so into it now sometimes I think about going back to university for a psych or philosophy degree But um, yeah, so I've always been really interested in getting to know myself better. And I've also um, had like a lifetime of, of struggling with depression and like just the waves and the seasons of that on and off. So this past year, uh, I'm sure a lot of the stories you're going to hear are like, and then the pandemic hit, you know, (laughs) Um, but it was kind of like that. So then the pandemic hit and my relationship ended and I like hit another low like a mega mega low and it was yeah I mean so common right you hit a low point and then that's like your catalyst for the spiritual awakening so I hit a low point and I was like well I either need a therapist or a life coach or something I'm ready to admit that I need help but in typical Vivian fashion I do everything my own way so I was like instead of hiring a life coach I should just become one. (laughs) So so I looked up courses to become certified and I found a certification that I was interested in and I jumped in and it was great because I learned all about coaching. And in the process of learning about coaching, I was able to coach myself and be coached by the others in the container and in the group, in the class. And that's, that was my introduction to coaching. I love that. And you know, what's so funny. Okay. We did mention uh, manifesting generator as your human design type. We're going to talk about human design as well, but I feel like that's such a manifesting generator move. You're like, Oh, I'm just going to do things my own way. And I'm going to skip steps. Like, you know, a typical thing would be somebody would might hire a therapist or a coach and like, Oh, I really like this. Maybe I'll get into personal development. And they kind of go on this journey, but you just like entirely skipped that 
jumped into totally. it for yourself and then just took it on. Yeah, I've always done that. I always say that I do things my own way, always, no matter how hard it is. And it usually is like way harder, makes no sense. Everyone looking in from the outside is like, why are you doing it that way? And it's like, I don't care. I'm doing it my way. It's, yes. just, it's just what yes. I do. Yes. Well, the thing is, you're that that's just a classic way of being creative and creating your own way to do it. And we were, we were just, before we hit record, we were just talking about your profile of being a three, five and just how the three is really this trial and error, like figuring things out. And that's going to be what you're consciously aware of and how you see yourself. And then the five is the unconscious side of being a mentor. So you going and learning and everyone being like, what are you doing? Like, well, this is crazy. And then you're going to show them how to do it because you figured it out yourself. I know. I love learning that. It's such a relief, honestly. It's like, oh, I'm not crazy. This was built into me, like the trial and error. Yes, I've experienced that my entire life for everything. It doesn't matter. Like anyone can give me any advice. Go ahead. I'm not going to take it. You know what I mean? I'm going to be doing my own trial and error thing anyway. Um, and then you learn about that stuff in your human design and you're like, wow, it's like this permission slip. So I have a 6-2 profile in human design and it's funny because the 6 line and the 3 line is similar in the sense that it's very trial and error where the six line is more you go through different phases in your life. So like zero to 30 basically is like this trial and error phase. And then 30 is when they say you're on the roof where you go into like a more reflection phase. And then in your fifties and onwards is more like mastery. And cause the six line is also known to be a teacher and um, a guide as well. So similar to the five line. So I'm laughing because when we're talking about this whole trial and error experience of just like, you know, yeah, give me your advice, but I'm not going to take it. I'm going to do my own thing. For me, I've worked like 20 different jobs in my life. And I was a teacher. I was a personal trainer. I started and I became a coach. And it's like, I laugh because when I learned about human design and about the, the six line specifically, I was like, yeah, literally 29 is when I started my coaching business. And right now in the last two years, I've just felt so grounded in what I'm doing. And learning at human design not to have that be a label because I know I notice in your sharing is you're all about taking the labels away right but what I feel like it's almost like this permission slip to understand myself of why I went through what I went through and how it is going to serve me and it's just like a relief you know it's just like a way of feeling heard and seen so this is one of the reasons why like I love human design and just understanding it more and bringing it into coaching oh my god I have had so many jobs too it's not even funny and I'm one of those people too that I just need to I need to physically try something before I know if whether or not I'm going to like it, which is why university was a joke and a mistake. Like, why waste all this time on a degree and then, you know, try the job and realize, oh, this is actually not what I want to do at all. That's why that didn't work out. But yeah, labels, I have a thing about labels. I have a love-hate thing about labels. I feel like labels are this, like, really cool way to get to know yourself. I mean, think about all the labels you have. Okay, so you have the labels that define who you are in human design. There's your like manifesting generator or projector or whatever. And then the labels within all of that, your lines, your three, five, whatever. Then you have your zodiac. Then you have take your political affiliation. Okay, you're conservative or you're liberal or whatever. Then you are gay, straight, pansexual, polyamorous, whatever, in all of those millions of labels that constantly evolve. And they just, pile on all these labels and it's beautiful because when you really look at each label for yourself you're like oh yeah this makes sense like I'm so Aquarius this way and oh yeah this makes sense like I'm so so not straight you know for me and like 
then you have to filter out the identity part because with the label, it's like, oh, this is a great way to show you who you are, but it doesn't define who you are. It doesn't make you who you are. It doesn't create your identity. It just helps you get to know your identity. But if there's parts of it that you don't like, you don't stick to the label forever and be like, oh, well, this is just the way I am because I have ADHD. Hello, me. It's like, yeah, this helps me get to know the way my brain works, but it doesn't define who I am. Labels, yes. I'm telling you, they're like this yes. beautiful blessing and curse at the same time. Oh, 100%. I think it really depends. Like, I love everything that you just said, and it really depends on the lens in which you're viewing that label, right? Like, I think just to, to touch back on human design, like I'm, I'm noticing now that I've really gotten into it the last few months and I'm doing this, this program, is there's kind of mixed experiences about it. And, and this literally could be a metaphor for anything where it's like, oh, you know, they say that this is your authority, this is your strategy, this is your type, that's how you're meant to be. Like generators and manifesting generators are like the grunt workers on the earth and so on. And it's like, that's not <laughs> the point. <laughs> there's actually so much more to that, you know? And one thing I find interesting, are you a sacral manifesting generator? Yeah. You know, yes. So we're meant to, like you and I are both sacral beings. We're meant to take action based on the things that light us up. And that is literally what recharges us. That's what fuels us. And, and so one of the things that I've heard some people when they talk about the sacral authority is, oh, you'll hear an uh-huh or a nuh-uh, and that's going to be how you make your decisions. And I'm like, I don't resonate with that personally. I feel more of like Me a pulling. Either. Yes, right? I'm like, I feel more of a pulling or like a repulsion towards whatever's being presented to me. And that's how it's like very gut oriented. It's not auditory whatsoever. So it's little things like that. Like if I took it literally, I'd be like, oh, there's something wrong with my sacral decision making because I'm not hearing an uh-huh and a nuh-uh in my head, right? So little things like this, it's so important to remember that we get to choose how we want to perceive that label and experience it. And I really love finally, especially with our generation and just millennials and people we're just more aware and more open-minded. Whereas I think like our parents and our grandparents, like you want to talk about labels, like let's, you know, looking at LGBTQA plus the entire alphabet, like whatever, all of that, it's, it's so inclusive, but people get really intimidated by labels at the same time. So it's such an interesting concept and it really does depend on how, like how you're choosing to view it as a limitation or creating like any kind of possibility. Totally. And people feel like they need labels. Like those labels are constantly evolving and you feel like, well, this is what I like or what I don't like or what I want or how I act or whatever. What does that make me? And if you don't fit into any particular box, you kind of find yourself searching for whatever that label is. Like we want a label, we want something to define it because it just helps us like, I guess, integrate it or understand it. But the thing is like, you can be just like, Labelless, limitless. You are limitless. You are completely undefined, and that's okay. And you're never one thing forever. Yeah. The only constant is the constantly changing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love, I love that reminder. That's such a beautiful reminder. So what got you into, we'll dive back into the, the coaching modalities and whatnot that you've done. So we've both done NLP, hypnosis, EFT, and whatnot. So Tell me how that, that's been for you, like using those coaching modalities, like what do you love about it? I know that you're really into hypnosis. That's something that I like to do as well. So I'm just curious if you could share a bit more about that. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love all those modalities and I love learning new ones all the time. I just think that all these techniques are so amazing and just having so many different kinds to choose from is so amazing because you'll see people like so many people love hypnosis. I love hypnosis. And then there's a whole slew of people who are like, nope, -uh, not for me. Like all the horror movies with bad hypnosis experiences, like, no, don't touch me with a 10 foot pole. Like, um, and then there are people who I'm trying to think of maybe a modality that doesn't resonate with me so much. I don't know. I, lo I love everything. You know what? I've never experienced Reiki and I have resistance towards it. So I haven't really gone into it at all. I know you're a Reiki practitioner, right? I saw that in your profile there. So for me, it's like I would gravitate towards other things before I would try Reiki. But that's the beauty of having so many different modalities is because everyone resonates with different things. So if you don't like hypnosis, there's a million and one other techniques, coaching techniques, healing modalities that are going to be more perfect for you. There's something for everyone in all of them. I love hypnosis. I think it's just the coolest thing. I remember I, when I first started getting into it, I was terrified of it too, because I'm obsessed with horror movies. They're all I watch, which is funny because it's my comfort zone. And you think like, how is horror movies a comfort zone? But I watched like, this is a bit of a tangent, but I watched a, a romantic comedy again the other night for the first time in a long time. I just start like bawling my eyes out and it was super uncomfortable. And I was like, oh yeah, horror is my comfort zone because I'm more like comfortable with shit blowing up my face right now than I am with like things going well. Hello, post-traumatic breakup disorder. But anyway, where was I going with that? We're talking about hypnosis. hypnosis. Yes. yes. <laughs> so in all the horror movies I've watched, hypnosis has been really scary. So I used to think hypnosis was like, just, you know, whatever they say it is in horror movies. So when I really started diving into it, I was like, wow, this is so different. This is so cool. This actually makes a lot of sense. And then starting to use it on myself, the changes it made in me, oh my goodness, like I will shout it from the rooftops forever. Do you want to, do you want to just share? I've definitely, I have a couple hypnosis episodes on my channel and they are fairly popular. I've definitely talked about hypnosis before, but not in like a deep dive conversation, like the direction of this conversation right now. So do you want to just in your own words, like let's pretend we have listeners on who are in that boat of, I've heard about hypnosis. I only know the Hollywood style of it. Like what the F is hypnosis? What can it do for me? Could you just share from there? Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> let's see. Okay, so hypnosis is not mind control. It's not taking away your power. And that is the biggest fear that everyone has. They think someone's gonna start to hypnotize them and they will lose all control. Of course, losing control is the most terrifying thing in the world. Anyone can hypnotize someone else. The person who's hypnotizing you doesn't have special powers. I can't hypnotize you and take away your control and mind control you and like make you do something you don't wanna do. If I could, I would probably have done way crazier things in my life. You know what I mean? If I had that kind of control over people. So that I think is the biggest fear that people have is losing control. Hypnosis is not mind control. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. If you've ever done any kind of guided meditation, it's the exact same thing. It is a guided meditation, but with a specific goal. 
So whatever you want to work through, whatever limiting belief or whatever block that you're trying to get past or whatever it is, whatever the purpose of the hypnosis is for you, that is the goal. So you're going on this guided visualization, guided meditation, like journey, but it's very specific in the way that it's laid out. It uses hypnotic language to try and get you into a calm state. And then this calm state, that's where the magic happens. That's where we communicate with your subconscious mind to install these new beliefs or get rid of the ones that are no longer serving you. So that's kind of the basics. Yeah. So I, like I, when I said, yeah, when I said all hypnosis is self-hypnosis is because I can't make you be hypnotized. I guide you into it. So if you're laying there and you're like, nope, I'm not into it. I'm not doing it. I'm not paying attention. I'm not going to like relax. Then you're not going to. If I'm guiding you through it and I'm like, okay, take a deep breath, relax, close your eyes. And you do those things. Then you're hypnotizing yourself. You know what I mean? Like it's all, you're all doing it to yourself. I can't make you do anything. Yeah. I love that you really emphasize that because my understanding of hypnosis before I was certified as a hypnotherapist, like a clinical hypnotherapist was like the whole pendulum swing and you're getting very sleepy. You know what I mean? And that whole literally, literally Hollywood style hypnosis. Right. And so one of the things I, that I just want to echo on or emphasize that you're sharing is the point of hypnosis. Like there's a goal, but the other thing is that the reason why it's so effective and it's different than guided meditation is that guided meditation is more of this like ongoing journey and visualization to like relaxation. And you can definitely process a lot of thinking and emotions in that. But with hypnosis, the point is to get you to a point where you're so relaxed that your conscious mind is distracted so that when we give suggestions to remove limiting beliefs or shift your perception on something, it goes to a deeper level into your subconscious mind. And the way that I describe this like metaphorically to people is like, if you imagine going and asking someone for, let's say, you know, someone who has a cookie and they're really fired up, they're like stressed out and you go up and you're like, Hey, can I have a cookie? They're gonna be like, no. Right. But if you wait until let's say it's nighttime, they're having a cup of tea, they're chilling on the couch. Like it's the end of their day. It's the weekend. And you go up and you're like, Hey, can I have a cookie? They'll be like, yeah, all right. And they're going to give you a cookie. Cause the thing is they're in a relaxed state and they're more suggestible and they're more willing and open to release things or give things. So that's literally a metaphor for the conscious mind is getting them to that level where they're, they're just easy to talk through because your conscious mind is there to protect you, right? It's like, I know what's good. I know what's bad. It's where the ego lives in terms of making sure that you make the right decisions and so on. So when you calm that down, then that's when you can negotiate. And that's literally the power of hypnosis. And this is why I love hypnosis as well. So I just wanted to like emphasize that because you were talking about it. And I was like, yes, like this is like the key part. It's so interesting and it's so powerful and underrated. Yeah, I love that. It is so powerful and it is so underrated and it's so been ruined by Hollywood. Okay, I guess kind of because I love the movies, but you know, that's why it's our job to demystify it and to take it to the mainstream. And it's becoming more mainstream, I think. There's more like apps and, and things like that and people taking it out into the world. But yeah, it is so powerful. And I think we tend to overcomplicate everything, everything in our world. And especially when it comes to healing and taking care of yourself, it's like, oh, it has to be harder than it is. It, people don't think hypnosis works because it seems too easy. Like a lot of modalities, right? Oh, that couldn't possibly work for me. It can't be that easy but it is and it can 
And that being said, it's not that easy, air quotes that you can't see, <laughs> that like, it's not that easy. There's so much work involved in doing the inner work in getting to the subconscious mind, in being repetitive, in learning and unlearning and then relearning and then doing it all over again because the process never ends. Yeah. So it's that easy, but it's not that easy. Yeah. Good old paradox. <laughs> yes. So let's dive into spirituality a little bit here. What are some of your, your favorite spiritual things? Like first thing that comes to mind that we can chat about. Are you into meditation or journaling or do you have like, what kind of routines do you like to do in terms of like manifesting or just connecting, like doing the woo woo? <laughs> yeah, doing the woo woo. Okay. So I am new to manifesting and new to meditation. I I think meditation is amazing and I'm trying to make myself do it every day. It's proving difficult for me to make myself do something every day, but that's just me. I find it hard to do anything every day, but I do think meditation is like the most magical thing. But in terms of like my favorite spiritual woo-woo stuff, I love rituals. Like any and every kind of ritual the ones you make yourself, the ones that are like handed towards you in, in um, the forms of like, oh, here's, here's a spell. You know what I mean? If you're into witchcraft or whatever, like do this spell. Well, when you sit down to do the spell, you light your candles, you say your incantation, you do whatever, you open and close your circle. Like that's a ritual. When you have a bath in a specific way and you're like, hey, I'm going to use this oil and listen to this music and light your candles. And it's like a, a ritual. When you create a ritual around anything. I love that. Just the feeling it brings to you. And I feel like being new to manifestation, I could be totally wrong here, but in terms of rituals, the feeling that it brings you helps to manifest. I mean, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your, actually, it's funny because I'm not really a ritual person. Like I meditate every single day. That's totally, I guess in the morning I kind of have a ritual and like how I meditate and I journal and I do a gratitude list like clockwork. But what are some of your personal rituals that you, that you like doing that you found have helped you in terms of like self-care or even manifestation, whatever it is. I would love if you could share some of those ideas because I'm sure that some of the listeners would benefit from that inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So one of my favorites recently I started doing being more ritualistic around gratitude because I've never really been able to get into the gratitude lists and um, I don't express gratitude enough at all and it's so powerful and so amazing and I have all kinds of like deep inner weird blocks around expressing gratitude so I started to do this thing where every time I felt like you feel it first for me, I feel it first. I feel the gratitude. And then instead of like quashing it down and be like, this is embarrassing or whatever, or like, let me write this down on my gratitude list. I will sit in front of my altar. I have an altar. I love it. That's like all, all my rituals involve my altar. It's just like a place to be. It's part of the ritual. So anyway, I sit in front of my altar and I light a candle and the things on my altar are always changing. Like I always have candles. I always have my tarot cards, but like the other day I had a, a begonia bud in a jar of water because it fell off my plant and I was sad. And then it opened in the water and it was so beautiful. And I was like, oh, you belong here. And a few weeks back, I found these yellow um, feathers when I was going for my walk and they were gorgeous. So I picked them up. I sterilized them, don't worry. 
And then I put them on my altar too, because when I saw them, I was like, oh, this is a gift. And those weren't my words. It was just the words that came to me like, oh, this is a gift. Oh, okay, well then I'm gonna put it on my altar. So the things on the altar are always changing. So anyway, when I feel the gratitude, I sit in front of my altar, I light a candle, and then depending on what's on my altar, sometimes I have Palo Santo, sometimes I don't, sometimes I have sage. Like I just kind of reach for anything, whatever's there, whatever I'm called to incorporate. And I just like feel into the gratitude and try and expand that feeling. If you wanna say, if the words prayer resonate with you, then okay, I'm praying. If they don't resonate with you, then whatever. But I kind of, yeah, like pray on the gratitude feeling that I'm feeling and pray to expand that feeling and to, in order to say, hey universe, thank you. Thank you for this thing and I'm ready for more, you know? So that's always been so difficult for me. So I like to just sit in front of my altar and just kind of use whatever just to make it feel like more powerful if that makes sense yes i love everything you just shared because this is so unique i've never had an altar and i've never done that kind of routine before but i'm really inspired by what you shared and i'm kind of like i wonder what that would be like to do that you know what i mean to and i love that you like collect things from the universe like literally outside of your walk and you just like very intuitively using this to just expand yourself and like expand your aura which I think is so cool that's why I'm like listening to you and I was like totally. I was like I don't for a second if you froze I no like, I was yes oh my god so we're obviously just so the listeners know we're obviously on zoom and I'm like I'm like leaning forward and I'm pretty sure my jaw was like kind of dropped like I was just in awe of her sharing this and we wasn't sure if it was frozen or not that's so funny yeah, you know what? It's just, it's fun. And that's the thing. It brings the element of fun into it. I'm a person who thinks like, if it's not fun, it's not for me. Like, then what's the point if there's no fun, right? And that's the thing too. Like, it makes it easier to do things that maybe you don't necessarily want to do. Like for me, around the meditation, sometimes it's hard for me to sit down and just meditate. But when I build a ritual around it, like, let's say, before I meditate, I always do this, this, and that thing. Like, whatever those things may be, you build a ritual around it. You just like fall naturally into the flow of doing whatever the thing is. And it's yeah. way more fun. Yes. I think that's so important, you know, because I, I really believe the spirituality and the woo-woo and doing the inner work, it sometimes gets like very masculine, like a very to-do checklist. This is how you should do it and so on. And the irony is that it's actually a very feminine experience. It really is about receiving and just opening and just clarity and playfulness and creativity. And so I love that you really just emphasize the importance of bringing fun into it. Because when we do the inner work, yeah, especially when you go and do the dark stuff, like getting into inner child work or what they call shadow work and so on, that is very it can be very daunting and very upsetting, bring up some really heavy emotions and releasing, right? But the thing is like, it's a rebirthing is what it is. And that when you think about a, a birth in life, like literally with a tiny human, like that is the start of a, a fun journey. Yes, it's challenging, obviously a little crying baby, but the thing is, it's new and it's exciting. And it's, it's I think that's the, that's the kind of energy you want to bring into it, not like this oh fuck like I have to work through all of this like grunt work and struggle and challenge and that's why I find it so refreshing when I became an entrepreneur that it actually gets to be a much more spiritual experience than I expected it's not like I thought being an entrepreneur was like corporate 
And oh my goodness. There's like, there's shadows of it for sure that I see, but I'm also so aware that I repel anything that's like corporate vibes within a business. And yeah. I just go with the woo woo and keep the fun because that's, you know, that's why I'm leaving the corporate world is because of that. So yeah, that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. That's why I am so passionate about being an entrepreneur because you can be whatever the hell you want. You can do whatever the hell you want. Your business can be whatever you want it to be. It can be as professional and corporate looking and feeling as you want, or as woo woo and playful and creative as you want. Playfulness and creativity. I love that you use those two words because those like completely encompass. That's the way I live my life. That's the way I want to live my life because that's comes down to my why. Like there's no point if you're not having fun as far as I'm concerned for me. So yeah, that's what I, those are the two things I'm passionate about doing whatever the heck you want and being an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur because you get to do whatever the heck you want. Yes. They I kind of go hand in hand. Yes. And I just, I love, I just, I love entrepreneurialism. And I, I sometimes I wonder if it really has been in the last couple of years where there have, there has been like a bloom of entrepreneurs coming online and coaches, or if it's because I've suddenly jumped into that in the last two years that I notice it more, I don't know what it is and I won't know. Right. And I, I guess I'll, the exact same thing. And it's funny. Cause like, I don't think I'll ever know if there has been a boom. I mean, unless statistics come out, because even if I ask like, friends and family or people who are not into entrepreneurialism or coaching or spirituality, they wouldn't know because they're not in it either. So I'm like, I just don't know if there's been a boom, but the whole point of me getting into this is just that I'm so grateful for the freedom that comes with being an entrepreneur and being able to grow your business. And I just really love that I am starting to notice more spiritual entrepreneurs online are just trailblazing their own way of doing things. And, you know, just as an example right now, I'm not working with a business coach. And the reason why is because I literally just want silence to listen to myself on what I want to launch next, how I want to launch it, how I want to show up, how I want to post, how I want to do my copy. I literally do not want any other influence on that because I'm just not resonating with that. And I'm not saying it's bad to hire a business coach right? I'm sure people would be like, well, Kayla, maybe you'll be full-time in your business if you hired a business coach right now. But at the same time, I'm like, why do I need to have someone to like pave my way? Like the whole point of being an entrepreneur is figuring it out. And naturally, like we talked about with us having this trial and error tendencies in our human design profile, I think that's just naturally we're going to go that route of figuring things out, right? But I, I just love that. Well, earlier you shared how you decided, like you were dealing with depression and whatnot, and then you decided to become a coach for yourself. What were you doing in terms of like, quote, air quotes, job or work before you got into coaching? Like, what did you leave behind? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always been a creative entrepreneur. So I've had a million different jobs, but I started my own business about, oh my goodness, my first business, I want to say eight years ago, nine years ago. I'm getting old. Oh my goodness. Yeah. My 30th birthday came around February. Had me like in tears on the floor. Like this is 30. We're good now. We're good now. I like it. 30, 30 is great. 30 is going to be amazing. Yeah. So creative entrepreneur, my first business, I started eight or nine years ago and that was crocheting. Believe it or not. I started a shop on Etsy and I still have that shop to this day. I still do it. It still runs in the background and I love it because Everything started with the crochet shop. Everything. <laughs> I, okay, because I was like, this this shop 
started with my bestie and I, and we were in university at the time, and it was our way to like get together and do something outside of school, outside of constantly studying, a way to like hang out. So we started crocheting and we learned it together. And, and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, what if, what if I could just do this for a job? What if literally I could just make things? I love making things. I love being creative. And then I found Etsy and I was like, oh my God, people do do this for a job. It is possible. Like you can live a Pinterest life. <laughs> so I started diving into that. And then I realized that I love business. So I love both. I love the creativity and I love the business. And like, since then my, the business had evolved and changed a lot. I had another business after that. I had a jewelry brand. I was in stores across Canada, a few in the States until I didn't love it anymore. And I closed that down. And now the crochet shop still runs in the background, but I just sell patterns. I don't like actually sell made things anymore, which is just passive income that does its thing for me, which I love. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, in between, I always had other like random jobs that I could never really stick around with for very long because in order to keep my brain like interested, it had to be always changing and creative and whatever. So, I mean, oh my goodness, I've been a flight attendant and I've been a security guard and I've been the baker at Tim Hortons. That was my first job. Oh my goodness. Uh, but the whole time too, I did work as a costume designer um, in the dance world. And that was the longest job I ever had. I had that one for 10 years on and off. And that was because it was creative. I was sewing, I was designing patterns, sewing them. It was always changing. It was always different. So I wouldn't really say I left that world behind because that's just what I'm doing now too. It's still being creative. It's still entrepreneurship. And it's just I'm not forcing myself to stay in a box anymore. I used to be like, oh, okay, I need a career. I, I, I want someone asked me, hey, what do you do? I wanna be able to answer that with, I am fill in the blank. And I can't do that. But I stopped trying to make myself do that. Now I'm just like, okay, I'm a healer and a coach. These things are true, but those labels will change. I'm not trying to make myself fit in a box anymore. I'm just a professional Vivian. I do what I want as I want, the way I feel, and as it shifts and as it changes, things shift and change. I know I will forever be an entrepreneur because I like being the boss. I love everything you just shared. Oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> glad I asked that question because it was like, I feel like you took us back like a further chapter, you know, because at first like, this is how I got into coaching, but then it's like, this is what I was doing before. And I, I think that's so cool. It's so funny because I never imagined myself being an entrepreneur where I, you know, I was studying to become a teacher and I, like, I technically, I am a teacher with my degree, right? Air quotes, my degree. But the thing is that teaching and then me getting into personal training and being an athlete, like that got me into mindset. Cause I noticed my clients who were successful with their goals, they had a great mindset. It had nothing to do with the perfect program or nutrition. It had to do with their mindset. So that all of that transferred into coaching, right? Where I am a teacher of mindset, for example, and it's just so funny, like, obviously, looking back, like, it didn't make sense at the time, but it makes sense now, like, looking back full circle, I'm like, wow, the entrepreneurialism that came in when I started growing a personal training business downtown Toronto. And that was the first time I really felt like my own boss, like you said, I want to be my own boss, like, that's like such a huge thing for me, like, I can't imagine 
giving my schedule away to be controlled where it's like oh you have to work these days this set oh my god it literally, oh my god just so the listeners know like she just rolled her eyes so hard <laughs> and I almost like felt like a repulsion visceral reaction to me saying that because I used to live that I remember I had a job corporate job where I had to give my availability for three fucking months and I had oh my god certain days and be available certain windows and I had to like request time off but it wasn't it wasn't guaranteed like so many barriers that I would never ever want anyone to have but some people they, they're like cool with that like they like that structure but for me I couldn't do it I literally couldn't do it so when I tapped into entrepreneurialism I was like sayonara like not not doing this yeah not having control over my schedule is my personal hell yes you know, it's funny, that is 100% a manifest and generator thing. You need to have time to be creative and you need that freedom with your schedule. That is like, because you're like a creation tornado, right? Like that's, yes. that's typically what the manifesting generators do in the collective. So to not have that freedom to like skip steps or get messy or trial and error or create something new is, is your personal health, just like you said it. It's so accurate. It's so dead on. It's crazy. Yes. Actually, let me ask you this. What got you into human design? Oh my goodness. Everyone was talking about it. It was all over Instagram. My human design this, I'm this, I'm that. And I resisted it for so long because I hate buzzwords. I hate whatever everyone is into in the moment. I'll resist it. If everyone's talking about a movie, oh, this movie's so great. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? I'm like, <laughs> no. And then I like, I won't watch it forever because people hyped it up. Same thing with human design. Everyone was talking about it. And I was like, what is this anyway? So finally I Googled it and I was like, okay, what is human design? And <laughs> the funny thing was it popped, I don't know if it was like Wikipedia or something that popped up, but it was talking about the person who created it. So I started to try and like Google this person that created it and not a whole lot came up. So I was like, what? So some random guy just invented it and, and walked away from it like yeah it probably is bullshit then like what is this so even after I googled it the first time it was weeks after that that I finally was like I'm just gonna look mine up I'm just gonna look it up so yeah so I looked it up popped in my info and just started reading a little bit about it and everything was so accurate it was scary it was like oh my god now I see why everyone's talking about it yeah that's so cool. And you know, it's funny, actually. So his name is, well, he goes by the name Rahu, I think it is, Rahu Rue. I need to, I am like forgetting his name right now. I'm having a bit of a brain fart. But he's a Canadian, like cisgender male, Canadian, like white Canadian, which is so funny, right? So, but the That's thing so is, weird. he brought together, like human design is, even though people say it's created by him, the actual truth is that it is a mix of I Ching, which comes from China. It, there's astrology, which has to do with Hinduism. And then there's the Kabbalah tree, which is uh, Judaism, right? So there's a lot of different Eastern ways and modalities that have come into this to create human design. So it's just really interesting. It is absolutely wild how it all comes together. And it's like literally inception. You know, when you talk about your type, like you're a manifesting generator, I'm a generator. We talk about our profile today, how I'm a 6'2 and you're a 3'5. Like that is so surface level, but it gives so much clarity. And so, I mean, it's, it's totally no surprise that people are getting into this. And it's interesting because there's all the information you could ever need. It is on the internet, even though people do readings and whatnot, but really what people are investing in is like 
the clarity of this is you and your information so you don't have to go and figure it out because it's so overwhelming I remember when I looked it up I was like I'm not getting into this I was like that's cool I'm a generator that's like all I knew and then I didn't get it and then I started to learn more and I was like oh my god this makes so much sense yeah exactly that there's so much that's why it's so helpful to have someone kind of just like compile what I'm looking for yeah compile it all for you because yeah I've just barely touched the surface of my own and even what I've learned so far has been so amazing but that's what I love about it taking from all these different places it just further confirms for me that everything is the same I know that's a that's a really like vague statement and maybe you're wondering like what the heck does that even mean I don't even know how to explain it just it came to me one day everything is the same just one just everything just infinite consciousness we're all interconnected it's this big web of everything it's all the same and human design is like the same as this this and that but it takes them all together and it makes it like understandable for the layman you know what i mean i yeah. love that it takes it in a and who's who's gonna go and research your natal chart and where you fall in all the other modalities you just said, like I Ching and all that other stuff, who's going to go and take all those and try and compile it into one thing for themselves? Not a whole lot of people, you know? So with human design, it takes all that for you. And then it explains it in a way that is easy to understand. And that makes you feel like, oh my goodness, this makes so much sense for my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so, I really love what you just said though, talking about this inner connectedness and this you know as a collective everything really is connected like we are one you know and I know that that's like such a cheesy cliche line but but seriously and even if you if you think about it all of the coaches that exist in the world like we're all here with a similar goal of wanting to help people like that's it and whether it's NLP or hypnosis or human design or Reiki or just manifestation coaching whatever it is like we're ultimately all sharing the same message and there's different ways that it gets said and shared from each person. And whether you resonate with Vivian more, you resonate with me, like it doesn't make each other any less than, it's just what you as a human being will resonate with and that's how you're meant to receive. And I think that's so powerful. And this is one of the reasons why I think in the coaching world, I've had people ask, and this is such a fucking corporate thing, like, oh, Kayla, like what about, you know, it seems really competitive in the coaching mm. world. You know, there's just so many coaches. And I'm like, listen, I don't, and this sounds so bad when I say it, but it's like, I don't see competition because I think we're all so unique that whoever's meant to work with us will come to us and that's it. Like if, if the coaching realm was oversaturated, like actually when people have this as an excuse, then why the fuck are there still people out there that need help? Exactly. Exactly. I love that you said that because I am so with you on that. I like coaching and other other business areas that are quote unquote saturated, it doesn't matter. If it's something that you're called to do, do it because you will want to work with a specific person. Like we were talking earlier about how you didn't want to hire a business coach because that didn't resonate with you. I did just hire a business coach because it's what I needed. But like there are a million business coaches and I looked and I was like, nope, I only want to work with this one person. This person resonates with me on a huge level for this, this, and that reason, it's the same thing with any other coach. Someone's going to want to work with you because they feel the pull, you know what I mean? So if you're interested in coaching or becoming a coach, don't ever let saturation 
of the industry stop you. And that being said, don't let that stop you from doing anything. If you want to write a book about something and there's a million books on that topic already, and you're like, oh, well, there's a million books on that topic already. Why should I? Because you're going to put it in a different way and someone is going to like the way that you said it. The reason everyone react so differently to different people and it's pulled to different people and resonates with different people. The reason we say things so differently from the person next to us is because we all have different experiences and we've grown up with this lens and these filters of our different values and our different beliefs. Like no one has lived your life. We minimize that because we don't think we're special. And I'm not saying like, oh, you're a special snowflake or you're not a special snowflake you are you and you're the only you and the way you say things and the way you do things is going to be helpful for someone yeah so just do it yes yes i am so happy that you said that it's so true because you're right you know our our life no one will ever be able to experience our life like as an example us recording this podcast episode your experience of us recording this podcast episode my experience of us recording this podcast episode every single effing listener listening to the podcast episode is all going to have a different experience, even though it's the same conversation. Right. Yes. And it doesn't make it any more or less than it's literally just is, but that's how you learn is just, just allowing to yourself to receive the information and how it shows up to you and trusting that if you're going to put yourself out there, that that's the kind of impact you're going to make. Right. So I think that's such a beautiful message that you shared. Exactly. And it's so worth it. If there's, if there's something on your heart, something that you're called to do, like nothing should stop you. Because otherwise, what's the point of anything at all? I mean, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty existentialist crap, like what's the point of anything? As far as I'm concerned, maybe it's a little bit hedonistic, but like have some damn fun while you can because YOLO. Well, I really, I really, really, really loved our conversation today. And we definitely talked about things that I've never chatted about, like the rituals and just really loved diving into the nitty gritty of hypnosis. I think that's so cool. So before I wrap things up, I wanted to give you the opportunity. Where can our audience and listeners find you and connect with you? Yes, uh, you can connect with me on Instagram. I'm at onbecominganything because I believe that you can become anything you want online on becominganything.co and I am launching my podcast by the time you're listening to this it might already be out there so if you search on becoming anything podcast that should be there and yeah I would love to connect thank you so much thank you so much for coming on today oh thanks for having me you're so welcome and I just want to thank the listeners for tuning in if you can please subscribe to the channel like leave a comment we share this on social media definitely tag us as well so that we can celebrate with you and we want to hear what you got out of the conversation so thank you so much for listening and I'll chat with you in the next episode